Talk History. This is a new episode. Um, I'm your host, Lorna, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matthew. Matt. Oh, hi. Didn't know you were going to say my no, name. No, yeah. Then. Sorry, I'm messing up this introduction. I know, I, I don't know I was trying what. to add liberty and add a bit of excitement, but then I looked at your face and was like, no, no, no. No. Um, so, if you haven't listened to the show before, Matt usually does the introduction very well. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, so, this is a podcast where we talk about moments, events, people, things from history, and we try and shine a bit of new light on it, so it might be something that you're not already aware of. So, this week we have a report from Matthew. Yeah, and it is something that, that you are aware of. Okay. One of the most famous um The events. assassination of JFK. No, we've already done a JFK episode. Okay. Listen back to... um. We did, you did about the JFK family, the curse of the Kennedy family. There we go, family. the curse of the Kennedy family. Today, though, we've got a, um, a okay. famous a British event. Okay, 1066. 18. 18. 88. 1888. Is this to do with politics? No. 1888? <laughs> well, it has got such strain on her face um, at the moment. What location am I thinking? London. The plague. No. The Guy Fawkes. No. The... If I said Whitechapel... London. Is this Jack the Ripper? It is Jack the Ripper, but I didn't want to do a topic on Jack the Ripper, so I did a topic on who was Jack the Ripper. Is that not a topic on Jack the Ripper? Oh, <laughs> well, I let you out saying that. You should say something <laughs> different. No, because I didn't want to do the story of, like, you know, he killed this, this woman. This is who he killed, this is what he did. Yeah, so instead I thought I'd find... Um, a couple of different candidates for who Jack the Ripper was, because we still don't know who oh, it was. Cool. And maybe you can help like me that. figure out who who it was. Yes, I'm ready. So most people do know Jack the Ripper. Yeah, um, killed a lot of women. More of a dissected and gutted them. Yeah, so I don't really go into that, but I thought I'd give you a slight background if you don't know yes, who please. he is. Um, he is the main suspect in a number of brutal murders that took place in Whitechapel in London between August and November 1888. Oh, it was a short time. He's it very was. famous for it to be three months. It was. Well, it's less than three months. I'll tell you the dates now. So all the women, uh, they were all women, and they were all were prostitutes. How many? Um, five. That's it? All except one, who's Elizabeth Stride, were horribly mutilated. Okay. The, so the people were Marianne Nichols on August 31st, so oh, right at the end of August. August. Annie Chapman on September 8th. Yeah. Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Edelson on, both on the 30th of September. I think you got interrupted. Mary Jane Kelly on November 9th. Oh, there was a big gap there. He yeah, because it seemed busy. like he was trying to do one a week. And so then he, he did, got a bit ahead of himself and did two. Well, he did two because he'd, he'd missed a week. Right, but, but then, then he missed six weeks then and then missed, did one. And then November, yeah, but then also on the August 6th, so mm-hmm. a, a few weeks earlier, Martha Tabram was stabbed to death and some um, ripperologist, which is actual term for people who you investigate joking. this, um, think that she was actually the first victim taking the tally up to six victims. Right. Who gave him the name Jack the Ripper? Um, I think it was from the letters that he wrote. Right, yeah, I understand. But I he do mention the letters because there's a number of different... Well, there's been lots of different letters and stuff that have been sent to the police and to newspapers and stuff. And most of them have been fake. Um, and 
there's a couple like this one which was he mentioned that he was going to cut off someone's ear ear or something and then the next victim like a few days like the the ear lobe i think something and then there's another one with um he sent someone like a kidney i think and then the victim that just happened was missing a kidney so there's some links where people think that he definitely was sending some letters but then so were some other people yeah, um, but I thought to get the, today we could determine some mm-hmm. of the suspects of Jack the Ripper. These yes. are um, all from the all, well, most of them are from the All That's Interesting website. Yeah. We've got a few articles on Jack the Ripper. So um, I'll give you the name and then you can tell me what you think immediately. Okay. Montague John Druitt. It's definitely him. Is it? Yeah. Well, um, he was born in 1857. Yeah. So he's about 31 at the time of the murders in Whitechapel. He was a son of a prominent local surgeon mm, and officer of the law. A bit of knowledge. Uh, he was a bright child, obtaining a scholarship uh, to attend Winchen- Winchester College at 13. 1880, he joined the Inner Temple, uh, which was one of the qualifying bodies to become a lawyer in England at the time. And that was located in... London. Suspicious. Yeah, definitely. No, it's not very suspicious. Um, to pay for his legal training, he took a second job as... No, he took a job as an assistant schoolmaster at George Valentine's Boarding School in 1885. So, he's assistant schoolmaster, so that's like deputy head teacher, I think. How easy was it to get a no job? Training. I don't know. Must have been easy to get a job but as I a think loads teacher. Of, but then loads of people were working like in... Like factories and stuff, mm. so maybe not that easy to get a job. Um, Must have been his law training that helped him out, though. Maybe. I don't know why, though. You don't need law training to be a teacher, do you? Well, you don't now, mm. but maybe that shows that you've got an education so he could yeah. have a job True. over some other people. Drew also played cricket for some prominent local uh, London clubs at the time. Um, it's a bit of a big name, then, isn't it? Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't think it was like professional, but... He knows a lot of people. Yeah. In 1888, same year, he was dismissed from, from his position at the school for an unknown reason. He definitely murdered someone in Newspaper, the school <laughs> Newspapers said it was because Druitt had gotten into serious trouble. And they didn't say what? No. They're leaving us on that cliffhanger. We need to get them school notes. One It was a newspaper. Well, I, I don't know how easy that is. One month later... Okay, just hit yourself in the face with your drink. <laughs> I'm surviving, okay. you know. One month later, have a guess. What happened? He got... He weren't allowed to train as a lawyer anymore. Worse. His body was found in the River Thames, presumably died from suicide. Well, what year was that? 1888. What month was that? Uh, one month later. Not sure. All right. Well, that might rule him out as Jack. How does this relate in any way to Jack the Ripper? But it could be Jack, because if you found his body in November, Jack stopped killing people in November. Mm. I reckon he just moved on to a different way. I also think this guy very educated. Went to that place at 13. Winchester right. I reckon he doesn't have the right people skills, and I reckon that's why he lost his job. You're <laughs> being very judgmental, just because you were clever. Yeah, he didn't have mm. the right people skills, wow. and he's Jack the Ripper. Okay, so how do you think it relates to the fact that he might be Jack the Ripper? The fact the, what I've told you so far. Because he killed himself afterwards. Mm. Did Jack the Ripper killing. kill himself afterwards? Well, I can't prove that Jack the Ripper killed okay. himself, but I can prove <laughs> that he stopped doing the murders. Okay. 
in that way. It is known Jack the Ripper loved cricket. How do you no, know? No, I just made that oh, up. Right. I was going to say, sorry, in his letters to the police, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, proper love cricket. After my game this weekend, yeah. when I took five wickets. Here's a kidney. <laughs> anyway, just before Druitt died, the Ripper claimed his final victim. Oh, right, okay, yeah. To, Mary Jane him. Kelly. Um, shortly after, rumours began. You know the rumour mill, can never turn it off. Oh, that's so sad. Is that why he killed himself? Because the rumours began. No, the rumours, I'm going to tell you the rumours now. Oh, right, I thought it was the rumours that Montague did it. <laughs> no, no. The rumours circulated, um, the rumours that circulated whispered that the Ripper had drowned in the Thames. And I don't know where that's come from. There's no source of where this rumour's coming from, but there was a rumour at the time, the Ripper's dead. I think the rumours in the old days were a lot worse than rumours now. Because mm. I think now you can discredit yourself from that rumour easier than the olden days. And also, there's a lot of people then. I know there's a lot of people now, <laughs> but there's, there's nothing else to entertain them. There is. They play cricket. This is the odd book. There's no Fortnite or Red Dead Redemption, whatever it is. Redemption Red. Yeah, he nailed it the first time. Oh, thank you. Um, So, yeah, so this is this. What links him is this rumour that the Ripper died in the Thames. Also, in 1891, an MP for West Dorchester. Fancy. Began saying the Ripper was sub, was the son of a surgeon who committed suicide on the night of the fight, last murder. Where's he gotten that from? I don't know. He's making that up, what? silly man. Why hasn't the police looked into who this, this MP was? Slander against Montague. To be fair, he is Jack the Ripper, but <laughs> <laughs> slander. Um, I don't know where he's gotten that from. I don't know why there's nothing else about that. Like, surely this if this guy is so saying weird. these such. Pres- precise specific but this is why i think they were very impulsive in that day Mm. you find someone who fits the bill and you're like it's him (laughs) and then mp's all of a sudden like telling everyone in the house of commons jack the ripper was the son of a surgeon Mm, good impression thank you Uh, you sound just like you're from west dorchester (laughs) uh journalists and law officers also corroborated the story that jack had died in the thames how i'm not sure this is so weird. I, so they were all like, he definitely died in the Thames. I really want this to be Montague. I think it's him, but I can't trust this source. None of these sources. Druitt was actually suspected. Um, Assistant Chief Constable Sir Melville McNacken, McNac- How Mc- cute. McNacton, um of the London Met Police uh, even named um, Druitt as a suspect in his private in a private memo- mer- memorandum. Memorial? A private memorandum, right, okay, I'm back. Uh, written in, in 1894, uh, but I said it's not very private if we all know it, just saying. Um, right, sassy. Uh, so, do you think he did it? You were on board, but then, it's just rumours basically saying... I was, and I, 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 quite, I would quite like it to be Montague, okay. but where did he think of the name Jack, first of all, because that's not his name, and also, <laughs> I can't trust him. <laughs> I can't what? trust any that of the That is a sources. poor decision. So you, you're looking for a guy named Jack because there's no way he could have used a different name. But he's called Montague. Why would he he's not as, Jack? He's called Montague... Uh, what's his, what's his actual name? John Druitt. Some people are short on John to Jack. 
I've never ever heard of anyone shortening John to Jack. Give me an example. John Kerouac shortened to Jack Kerouac. All oh, right, thank okay, you. I'll let you off. That's um, one. One person in this world has shortened John to Jack. Even though that's not a shortened, that's just adding new letters. John, that's saying, no, I don't like John. I'll have Jack. It's not a shortened. That's the that, same here. That's what he's done here. John and Jill went up the hill. Shortened to Jack and Jill went up the hill. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so anyway, there's not much to link him. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, and it's just slander. It was this vague rumour about suicide in the Thames, which is pretty much the only thing they've gotten. Um, like I said, people did mention him as a suspect... At a suspect at the time, yeah. but they also used to <laughs> they also used to throw we out of the window, didn't they? At this time, <laughs> probably um, to, onto the street below. So what I'm saying is, no, I swear you can't trust humans. <laughs> right, moving on. We'll leave that where it is. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. I shouldn't. No, I swear I, they, I had swear they did. Yeah, I was a poor. But this, they all used to share a water pump, and that's how they spread the plague. Right. So they must have had outdoor toilets that they shared and then water pumps that they shared. So you also can't trust them. So unhygienic, bad life choices. <laughs> going That's to not the related water though, pump is it? With the plague. So anyway, Drew was not trained in any cul- any medical techniques. I said any cul- then. Any medical tr- techniques. Oh, we're still chatting about Drew? I thought yeah. we were done the next No, one. we're nearly done. All oh, right. Which okay. is a big point in his favour. Uh, most people think that but his the, dad knew it, the so... Ripper had some medical background. He did, but... Your dad's an electrician. <laughs> I wouldn't trust you to change a light bulb. I'm really good, actually. My dad know. taught me at a young age how to um, do the fuse in a plug. Wow. Some of the fuse, can't remember what the word is. <laughs> so you're obviously do... stuck in your mind. <laughs> Something to do with the fuse and the, and the, the wires. Wow. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Drew also had alibis uh, oh, from being yes. at cricket games miles away. Right. From I think that's a thin alibi. When the murders happened, no, apparently it was solid. Oh, um, he also well, why le- didn't you tell me that at the start? Well, this is, I learned this at the end, and I'd already written it all, and I was like, well, I should have just left this guy out, but I didn't want to. So I've written, literally, written that in a minute. So <laughs> he also left a note to his brother saying, "Since Friday, I felt that I was going to be like mother, and the best thing for me was to die." Um, his mum suffered from depression anxiety she was in an asylum and she died in 1890 and she'd attempted suicide as as had lots of his members of his family so yeah so basically this one's a bit of a bust for me which is a shame poor Montague now I feel sorry for him I slandered his name it's not even worth mentioning him really but I've mentioned him next one George Chapman Sounds quite guilty. I've just realised that he's got the same name as one of the uh, victims. Um, Annie Chapman. That's a link. So he was born in 1865 and his real name was Severin Severin Klosowski. Uh, He's born in Poland. He's a Polish guy. We don't know much about his early life. Suspicious. (laughs) But uh, at the age of 14, he was an apprentice as a surgeon. And he attended a course in practical surgery at the Warsaw Praga Hospital. Uh, he's believed to have worked as a nurse or doctor's assistant in Warsaw until December 1886. And he moved to London in 1888. He'd been married in Poland, um, but when he was in London, he got married to another Polish woman. Um, Wait, what was he uh, an assistant of? Uh, so he was a nurse or a doctor's assistant. He's also trained in surgery. <laughs> Any surgeon you're very suspicious of. So, I'm like I said, suspicious of anyone, to be honest. Well, that's why they're on here, to be honest. They're suspects. Mm. Um, he got married to another Polish woman in London. 
Yeah, what was she called? Not sure, but his first wife wasn't happy about that. So he Wait, moved... so he didn't divorce his first wife, he just moved no. to England and yeah. was like, actually, yeah. now I'm here, I definitely need another wife. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not surprised she weren't a fan. He moved to the USA with his second wife in 1891. Uh, and then one time when they were in New Jersey. New Jersey! I'm walking here! <laughs> Thank you. Um, calmly. Uh, the couple argued and uh, he threatened her with a knife. Calmly explained to her, her how he would kill her and dispose of her body. Um, but we've all said it. <laughs> Maybe not. Matthew. Uh, I'd just like to clarify, Matt has never said Thank that. Thank you. Um, You're giving yourself a bad name. No, I was joking. I thought maybe not even on here. It's <laughs> called These are the classic jokes that I write into <laughs> right. when I'm writing. Right. Um, things didn't end well for the couple. He came back to London, uh, married a woman whose last name was Chapman, and he became George Chapman. Uh, more infidelity uh, happened, and she left. I don't like him. 1895, he married again. Mary Elizabeth, Elizabella Spink. Elizabella. He was put in her will. Okay. Uh, he would beat her often, and in 1897, poisoned her with tatar emetich. Em, emetich? He's horrible. Uh, which was a toxic compound similar to arsenic, uh, which he pers- purchased from the local chemist. Right, and he poisoned her because he was in her will. And I put, ah, the good old days when you could buy your poison from the local chemist. Yeah, I really miss them days. <laughs> uh, anyway, she died, uh, and he took Surprise, he took the inheritance. Wow, he then did this two George. more times to you two more women. <laughs> so yeah, he did the the exact same thing to Bessie Taylor and Ma- Maud Mars. Good name, uh, and it was actually Mars's mum who suspected Chapman of killing her daughter in 1902. He was arrested. The bodies uh, of all of them were exhumed, um, and it was discovered they'd all died the same way. Chapman was yeah, found guilty and hanged on April 7th, 1903. Not a good guy. Really Surgeon, good guy. murderer, poisoned all these women. I all these victims I, were women. My only concern is that I don't think Jack the Ripper was his style. You're, I think he was more after the money, so why would he try and kill some prostitutes? Detective Barry is on the case. You've, got, you've nailed some of that. Okay. So, um... He was first identified as a suspect when he was arrested in 1902. Frederick Aberline, who was a detective at Scotland Yard involved in the in the murders, as in detect, you know, looking into him. Yeah. Um, he reportedly said, "You've got Jack the Ripper at last." Um, to the offenders who brought him in. Well, to that's the officers a, that's who a big claim. I wouldn't say that. So Aberline had interviewed Chapman's second wife, you know, the one who let who left. Yeah, they went got to America. Threatened, and yeah. Then. He came um, back and stuff. She told the inspector her husband would often go out during the night for hours on end while they were living at, in Whitechapel at the time of the Ripper murders. You're joking. Chapman was also a murderer in... So this is just evidence now. Uh, it was, he was a murderer in the area um, who picked women as targets. But he was never an official suspect in the killings. All of his murders were women he knew. Yeah. And it was with poison, as you said, not his style. Yeah. So killing and mutilating strangers with a knife is not exactly his MO. I just wouldn't, I just, from what you said about him, I don't think he'd like to clean it up. No. So he's more yeah, of he a, very... I'll poison him and it's pretty tidy. Yeah, get the money. Yeah. He, they're also not sure he could speak English at the time of his murders. And apparently people say that the Ripper would have had to 
speak English in order to lure his victims. But I wrote to oppose this that he had about seven wives, so I don't. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> he had he's... seven wives afterwards, Matt. No, he had seven. Like he had, he already had a wife, and then he got married to his second wife. Yeah. But she, to be fair, they were both Polish. And then he got, no, but he got married to his second wife while the Jack the Ripper murders were taking place, and then afterwards they moved to America. Yeah, so he, um, yeah. I don't think it was him. No, I Bad think... Bad guy, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's just too lazy for me. He's after the money, money, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Da, gosh, da, gosh. Da, da, da. <laughs> uh, James Maybrick. He sounds nice. He sounds like the nicest one, to be honest. Why? Why would you say that? In the in the line, when I'm listing the suspects for Jack the Ripper, no, no, he I sounds meant, quite nice. I meant there's the ones you've told me. Tell me about him. James sounds the least guilty. You know what can shorten James to? John. You know what can shorten John to? Jack. No, um, you don't. You shorten James to Jim. Jimmy. Yeah, maybe you wrote it wrong. Jammy. Jimmy. Jack. Jammy Dodger. Jack. Uh, anyway, he was a Liverpool cotton merchant born in 1838. I don't think it's him. Wow. Because he would have been 50. Yeah, he would have, actually, yeah. And... They did say... I think they thought he was in his 30s, early 30s, maybe. He's cotton. So, it's not right. <laughs> oh, he... Cotton's bad for the environment, everyone. Um, he would travel between no, the UK... No, it's not bad for the environment. You just need to find organic cotton. Okay. And we need to look after the okay. cotton growers. There's a lot of farmers in India committing suicide. So... Okay, well... We need to do our research, um, everyone. Can I, can I carry on? Yep, go on. So, Maybrick James. would travel between UK and US regularly. Um, Why? In Because he was because co- it was a big trade, cotton. Okay. Uh, in 1871, he, he settled in Norfolk uh, in VA. Uh, and in 1880, he came back uh, to Britain. And on a six-day journey back, he met an American uh, named Florence Elizabeth Chandler, which I really like as a name. Good name. Good American name. No, I'm going to call not her Flo from now on. I like Florence. Uh, she was the daughter of a banker. Uh, and Flo, I like Elizabeth as well. I don't like Chandler. Flo uh, was actually 24 years younger than him. Uh, however, they quickly got married at a ceremony held in London. So, he was born in 1838. 1880, he came back, so he would have been 62. No, I've added up very wrong there. <laughs> no. <laughs> 42. He would have been 42. Right. Yeah? Yeah. 1838 to 1880. 42, so she must... What? How old was she? What are you on about? Sorry, she's twenty four years younger than him. Okay. So I'm trying to work out how old they were. Well, if she's twenty four years younger than him at the time of Jack the Ripper. No, at this time when they got married. Well, what year did they get married? Sorry? I just told you they met in eighteen eighty. You confused me with all these words. They met in eighteen eighty. Oh bloody hell, he's old. He's forty two. Forty two. I've established that. I know, but you you were reeling off numbers. It was distracting. So she's twenty five years. Younger. You're trying to figure out what she's year she was born? She's 18. No, she's 18, right. isn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like listening, like, they are idiots. It's in the well, name. It is it's in, in the, the name. name. So, um, they got married. She's 18, he's 42. Things didn't go well. He was spending too much time away, and uh, they both began affairs. Oh, April. She probably got an affair with someone her own age, and he did too. April twenty seventh, eighteen eighty nine. So age is just a number, though. 
just after the uh, Whitechapel murders. Yeah. Maybrick's health suddenly deteriorated and he died 15 days later at his home in Eichberg. <gasps> That's a link. Why? He died. No more murders yeah. from Jackie Boy. Lots of people died. They were throwing we out the windows, Lorna. Um, Local police determined that he was poisoned with arsenic. <gasps> By who? His wife was arrested. <gasps> and she shut the ripper. Convicted, initially being set to hang before her sentence was commi- uh, commuted to lifetime in prison oh, because of how the judge conducted her case. But did um, she do it? Well, she was actually acquitted in 1904 and lived until 1941. Wow, we. Good innings, as a um, whatever he's called, Drew it would say. Because you like cricket, as the joke. I get it, um, as Jack the Ripper, because apparently Jack the Ripper put in his letters. So a game at weekend. That's <laughs> got a half century. <laughs> um, <laughs> so why do you think it, this Maybrick guy was Jack the Ripper? We've literally got no proof so far, have we? No. Well, in 1992, a document surfaced, reportedly his diary. Um, which claimed he was Jack. It didn't mention Maybrick by name, but the details sort of told the story of his life, as we know. Uh, And in it, he takes credit for five of the victims, um, which matches up with the death of um, the five canonical victims, rather than the original. Yeah, not the first one. But uh, I think he also said that he killed a prostitute in Manchester as well. What? Um, It was discovered by a Liverpoolian scrap metal dealer named... Mike Barrett. Um, in 1993, a pocket watch made in 1847 was also discovered um, with J. Maybrick scratched on the inside cover along with the words, I am Jack and the initials of the five Ripper victims. For me, this is just like... I think he's read a newspaper. This, what do you mean? No, I, I think that's just made. I think someone's just forged a watch. Like, they've taken well, a watch from like, it. I am Jack. Well, exactly, to be like, what can I say? how do I make it clear that this guy is actually Jack the Ripper? What if I put, I am Jack, right, my, right, J. Maybrick, and also write the initials of all the people who died? That'll, oh, yeah, that'll really well, frame him. Yeah, so I don't believe it. But anyway, the diary's undergone multiple examinations, and the authenticity is inconclusive. But the story of the book is very flimsy. So Barrett claims he received the book from a guy called Tony Devereux, who had died in 1991, which was a Tony. year before. That was a year before Mike had actually taken it. Yeah. To like to give it to someone. So it's a bit suspicious that he held it for a year. Yeah. If if that's what happened. Um. But like I said, it could have been December 31st to January okay. 1st, because <laughs> it was a different year. But anyway, um, Barrett's wife also said that the diary had been with her family for generations, so. Bit of a mixed messages here, guys. I'm not gonna lie. In 1995, the, he, why Mike, would they frame this guy though? Why would they frame Jim? You get money for like being the person oh, who found yes, out that Chandler was. But why James? Well, in 1995, Mike also signed two affidavits claiming that he and his wife fabricated the diary. Uh, his lawyer also then repu- repudiated. I can't say this word. Repudiated. Repudiated. Yeah, Basically got rid of this affidavit before Barrett withdrew. Um, withdrew. Um, so the pocket watch has been verified to be of the period and the engraving is proven to be at least a couple of decades old. Mm. Uh, however, scrolling on a timepiece is not seen as solid evidence. I don't think so. 
So there's a, this is the actual first guy that I found. So when I just searched, who was Jack the Ripper? There's like Telegraph articles from like last year about this. Because I think they've written a book about it recently. But oh, right, okay. it's such a... Because that article made it sound like this is definitely what happened. And then I actually looked into it. I was like, his story just changes all the time. It was just three people apparently found this book. But then two of them now won't talk about it. They gave it to this guy who they thought was an author, but it turns out he just wrote crosswords in the local <laughs> magazine. And he was like, um, yeah, he was a bit of a guy around town sort of thing. And then he, I don't know if that's the right phrase, actually. <laughs> he was a bit of like, talked himself up yeah. and stuff. But um, Bit of a Jack the Lad. Yeah. Hey. Yes, very good, but he's not He's not the killer. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, they've... Uh, but the the guy who there's a director who directed with Noel and I, which is like a pretty famous film. He's a big, he's like a ripperologist. He's massive into it. And he You're believes joking. this. He thinks that this is this is the actual guy. What? How does he believe that? Because because they like this diary couldn't have been fabricated because this Mike Bassett guy was Mike Barrett guy wasn't like uh, that clever enough to do that. Like he's How not can literate they say enough. He's not that literate enough. Now. I don't know, but he must have been literate to do his books and stuff. Well, I didn't write books, he wrote crosswords. No, no, no. I thought he was a scrap metal person. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he must have books of, oh. like... Well, yeah. Records S- of what scrap. he's selling and stuff. And yeah. How much he's selling but it it's for. the difference between that and writing a whole diary, claiming, pretending to be someone else. Yeah, I guess. A lot of work. But he did it with his wife. He says his wife's not literate mm. enough. Why are they ruling out his wife? Gosh. <laughs> Sexist. So, anyway, is it that guy... Who was it? What's no, it called? James. James May, your favourite. He is innocent. He just got killed by the sounds of it. He just got murdered by his wife. Or by someone. His wife got released. Acquitted. Acquitted, so yeah. Yeah, Next we one. didn't even hear the end of that. That was half a story, that Matthew. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's the kindest words you ever said to me. Uh, this next one's called Thomas no. Neil Cream. No, I just like to say I understand that sometimes you can't find the full story because it's not available yes. anymore. Thank it's not you. you. So, Thomas Neil Cream. Yeah. Um, I don't like that name. The creator of uh, hand cream. <laughs> Neil's Yard hand cream. Yeah. Thomas Neil. Oh, it's actually true. It's not. Um, Scottish Canadian, born in Glasgow. He was raised in Quebec City, Quebec, sorry. Quebec City, Canada. Uh, he studied medicine at uni in Montreal and had postgraduate training in medicine and surgery at hospitals in England and Scotland. Scotland. One of my uh, <coughs> favourite lines that I found here. After obtaining his medical degree, Cream began to practice medicine in Canada, but was derailed when he murdered Kate Gardner, oh, right. his mistress, in 1879. Was derailed. derailed. <laughs> he was derailed by the fact that he murdered someone. It's also so weird that you're like, Cream was this. Yeah. It sounds like it's like double Cream. <laughs> derailed. Yeah. How can you be derailed? His, his medicine de- career was derailed, Lana, because he killed someone. Right. Um... Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. She was found, um, oh, this isn't funny. She was found pregnant and dead from cl- chloroform, uh, one of Cream's specialities when studying medicine, uh, and that was in the alley behind his office. Um, he attempted to shift suspicion onto a local businessman, but when that failed, he fled to America. Mm-hmm. There he opened up a practice on the edge of the red light district of Chicago. Right. Chicago. My kind of town, where um, he performed illegal abortions on prostitutes. There he continued his murderous streak um, really? with numerous numerous women who came to him dying under suspicious circumstances. It's believed that he poisoned many of these women uh, and, um, yeah, with 
number of different poisons. Then in 1881, he was finally caught after poisoning the husband of his new mistress. Uh, after his partner in crime flipped on him, uh, he was given a life sentence. Mm. However, his brother managed to bribe the governor of Illinois to commute uh, Cream's sentence, and he was released. I hate that. During his imprisonment, uh, his father had died, and he used his uh, newly found inheritance to travel to England. There he began living in Lambeth, central London, where he continued his crime. He would frequent local prostitutes and poison them um, by placing uh, poison into their drinks. He killed four women in this way, gaining enough media attention for the press to dub the anonymous killer the Lambeth Poisoner. Cream sent numerous anonymous letters to the papers accusing other people of being uh, the poisoner, but actually revealed details that led the police to him. Right. <laughs> so they were so like, this guy killed them with this. And they were like, well, no one knows that apart from this guy who's writing the letter. <laughs> um, so they suspected the letter writer. Uh, they tracked him down and arrested him in 1892. Later that year, he was hung for those four murders. Right. The evidence for Cream being the Ripper. Yes. I'm going to tell you. His executioner... <laughs> I love this bit. James Billington. He said that Cream's last words before being hanged were, I am Jack the... No, he died. You joking. So, I thought, can we think of any other reasons why he might have said those words? I am Jack the guy from Titanic who dies. From a film that's not out for another hundred years. Who knows? I uh, I think, here's my, my idea. I'm ready. Billington asked Cream if he was ready to die. So ask me if I'm ready to die. Are you ready to die? I am. And then he paused and he said, Jack. The And then he mistook Billington's name for Jack when he was actually called James, which we've discovered recently during this podcast. People do. People swap the names all the time. So maybe he introduced right. himself as Jack Billington. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe that's Such when they hung him. So he's like, I am ready to die. Jack. The And then he, bam. Mm. What do you think? What do you think about my theory? It's a bit of a loose one. Because there's a pause there for me. There is. I am full stop. Maybe he was like, Jack the grocer's here watching me die. Because <laughs> people will probably be watching him. Yeah. I don't I don't know, Matt, to be honest. Oh, you know, that uh, Billington could just be making this up. They should have got him down and been like, what were you going to say? And then put him back up. Surprised they didn't. I am Jack they were the... Well, that's enough from you. <laughs> I've heard enough. <laughs> Off we go. <laughs> no one else present at the execution could substantiate Billington's claim, but he was a respected hangman, um, apparently, which I don't think says anything. Mm, but me. it doesn't mean he weren't after that money. Exactly. I so, don't know, because my issue with uh, Mr. Cream is that it's not right again. He's a poisoner. He's not a... Yeah. <laughs> dismemberer. I love, Discombobulator. I just love that. Jack, the... I am Jack the... <laughs> done. That's it. You're so weird. You're laughing at that. No, but it's Someone's funny. It, this Billington claim, if he's made it up, he should have said, he actually said, I am Jack the Ripper. No, I am Jack the something. Yeah, it's like half a story. Yeah. Like half he's a... just giving us enough to think that. Anyway. He's teasing us. 
this is another one which I should have left out because I left out a crucial detail during this. Right, okay, well, I'll be annoyed now. Did you know that I mentioned me. that he went to jail in Illinois? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't get out of there till 1891. Brilliant. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> so I've written this and then I read that and I was like, what, what is going on? So what is, is going on? Billington was such a fibber. I yeah. am Jack the... Because I actually, that said that halfway through the... I think article I was reading it said so he went to prison and he was in there till 1891 then he, his sentence got commuted he got out had his inheritance went to London and in my head I was just like he's already he's been in jail the whole time yeah but I didn't I didn't want you to pick up on that so I left it out sneaky <laughs> but um, proponents of this theory have said that maybe he left prison before his official release or he used a lookalike to serve the term in his place but yeah. Why no. is that commonplace? Did they do that back then? I don't know. But don't do it now. I reckon he did a. He pulled a Shawshank, put one of those like paper mache heads on like right, a pillow, yeah. and uh, it was all right. Um, yeah, they actually contradict all sources from that time: newspapers, like contemporary documents, Cream himself, Cream solicitors, Cream's family, it sort of all said they yeah all he was say. in jail. <laughs> Yeah, that was a waste. That was a waste of time. I'm genuinely yeah, sorry for that thank one. You. But I do enjoy Billy Billiton and his. Uh, I Billington. am <laughs> So, I've just got uh, one more. I think. Okay. Oh no. Yeah, one more, and then I've just got a couple of other names. Okay. But nothing about the life really. Thomas Haynes Cutbush. I don't like it. Born in 1866 in uh, Kennington, England. England. He studied medicine at school in London. 1891, he was uh, sent to Lambeth Infirmary after suffering delusions thought to have been caused by syphilis. So that's just after. Okay. Um, believing the doctors were poisoning him, Cutbush escaped from the infirmary and attacked two women. He stabbed one woman in the back side and tried to stab another. I thought I just said back. Uh, and tried to stab another. He uh, was recovered by police and sent to Broadmoor High Security Hospital. And he stayed there until his death in 1903. Uh, and he still suffered from violent delusions. Right. Um, in 1894, um, the um, British tabloid, The Sun, so I'll take this with a grain of salt, right. uh, released a series of articles that suggested that Cutbush was Jack the Ripper. I don't know where they've got the evidence from. Seems like he was just like a an ill guy, really. Yeah, I think so. um, in modern times, author David Bullock is so convinced convinced that Cutbush is the strongest of Jack the Ripper's suspects that he wrote an entire book about it. Wow. Saying that this guy is the killer. I think if you've got the time to do all the research, so you might get more convinced by things that you know. Yeah, because I'm giving you a half story, yeah, a lot of half stories. Uh, the pur- purported evidence mm-hmm. uh, tying him to, to the murders is that he was a violently insane person who... May have lived in the vicinity at the time of the killings. Um, many in the press actually suspected him at the time, uh, oh. but he was dismissed by police who were investigating the case. Okay. Um, he would have also been 22 at the time of the murders, which makes him a bit younger than, than the suspect witnesses describe. Um, and the detective I mentioned earlier, Melvi- Melville McNachton, um, who was one of the main investigators, uh, he released a mem- memorandum... <laughs> Loves his memorandums, uh, refuting Cutbush as a suspect and advancing several other theories as to the identity of the Ripper. But okay. people um, use that as evidence for Cutbush being the killer because he um, 
Cutbush's uncle was actually superintendent in the Lo- in the London Met Police. So people are saying that he was trying to cover it up. But that's um, a declaration of interest. Mm. But that's sort of the only thing that people have got. I mean, it does seem like he was. Yeah. I don't. There's nothing linking him to the. He's the, a bit the younger. mutilation or anything. He just was. He just stabbed. Violent people. delusions. Yeah. And I think Jack the Ripper, but maybe this is just the image we have, was sort of more calm and collected. Calculated. Calculated, that's the word, Rather yeah. than violent delusion. Yeah. It doesn't match up in my head, but it's not to say he didn't do it. Yeah. So that's that's another pe- person. Um, a couple of other people. Have you heard about Prince Albert? No. There's a theory that Prince Albert... Some people wrote years later that he suspected of Prince Albert being the uh, killer. Uh, after being driven mad by syphilis again, oh, but syphilis there's literally around? no evidence that, oh, and okay. there's loads of evidence that he was in different places, like in Yorkshire <laughs> during the killing. So I don't Probably know. Probably not that's him. Come. But that's like quite famous. One people are like, yeah. oh, Prince Albert, um, a famous painter called Walter Sickert as mm. well. So this came about because of rumours that he lodged in a room used by Jack the Ripper, because um, he, he drew a painting, I believe, called Jack the Ripper's Bedroom. Um, okay. And then the crime novelist Patricia Cornwall said that she had DNA evidence linking Sickert to at least one of the letters written. Oh. Uh, and it's also been said that he hid details about the killings in his paintings. Like, people being murdered in his paintings and stuff. That is unusual. Uh, Lewis Carroll. Some people say that um, he has hidden confessions in his work, the writer of Alice in Wonderland. I don't uh, know. In the about form of that. anagrams. Uh, there's a. Some people said that Winston Churchill's dad, Sir Randolph Win- uh, Churchill, I almost said Sir Randolph Winston. <laughs> um, Seems like they're picking any big names here and just like, he did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it on behalf of the royal family. They were being blackmailed or something. I'm not sure. So why would they kill prostitutes? That doesn't make any sense to me. The prostitutes were blackmailing. like Prince, I think it was Prince Albert again. I'm not it sure. Was prostitutes <laughs> were blackmailing Prince yes. Albert. Right. So they, the royal family sent... This is complicated. Someone else. Uh, There's a guy called David Cohen. Don't look into that. And then people, some people say Jill the Ripper. Because there's, there's oh. a woman who... Uh, I would have done that, but I'd written all the other ones because that was quite an interesting one. Um, but I thought it would probably be a bit long. Yeah, so um, she is a murderer. Cool. Never heard of Jill the Ripper. My last theory is that there was no Jack the Ripper. This is a theory that's okay. come about um, by the author Simon Wood in his book Deconstructing Jack. Uh, he believes that the Whitechapel murders were the work of more than one murderer and that the narrative of a single Jack the Ripper was a creation of the media at the time. So the two women who were killed on the same night, Catherine Eddowes and Elizabeth Stride, was uh, dubbed by the press as a double event. Um, they were su- they were murdered with significantly different knives, one sharp and pointed and the other b- short and broad. Don't, I don't believe that that doesn't mean that the same person did it. But Yeah, but, but you to just be honest, I would only carry one knife. Yeah, me too. But we're not murderers. No. So. <laughs> what do we know? Also, neither of those two were strangled to death before being stabbed and mutilated, like Marianne Nichols and Annie Chapman, who were the first two like... women. But... It might, I don't know. It might be a crime of passion. You might not want to strangle them all. Yeah. I, I also, I I think maybe you'd have, maybe he'd strangle them because he, didn't, he couldn't just stab them. You know what I mean? Maybe. I'm not a murderer, so I no. don't know if I would do it in the same way every time. Um, the identity of a single killer behind these murders has long been supported by the Jack the Ripper letters mm. mentioned earlier. 
um, in which the serial killer boasted to police of his horrifying feats. But in fact, it was in these letters that the name Jack the Ripper first became associated with the killer, as I mentioned. However, nearly all the letters believed to have been sent from the killer have been proven to be fraudulent. As I mentioned, there's a couple that seem to be real, though. Uh, considering this evidence would conclude that it's likely that Jack the Ripper was a fictional construct created by a newspaperman to turn a couple of unrelated gruesome murders uh, in a dangerous and seedy neighbourhood of London into the story of a dastardly serial killer. This fictional creation inspired a number of hoaxes, only further entrenching the idea of a single killer in the minds of the populace. Uh, and he believes that even if these letters do prove that the writer of one or more of them uh, had knowledge of the killings, they only re- relayed knowledge or evidence from one of the killings, meaning the letters don't don't tie multiple killings together. Yeah, so they only say. mention like one yeah. earlobe from, and they're not like one earlobe and one kidney from one woman. Yeah. And it's an interesting um, theory because there's quite a lot written about um, newspapers at the time and how they were. Yeah. Because you they began to realise that what would sell newspapers was like gruesome grisly murders and stuff mm-hmm. people would buy that sort letters of letters from jack the ripper yeah exactly so so you can't trust it so it's interesting but i didn't get to the bottom of it unfortunately well there's a lot of historians who've dedicated their life to it and they're also not at the bottom of it Matthew, true so i thought in my two hours it. of research i might get to the bottom of it the jack the ripper there's a, like a jack the ripper website it's rubbish Is it? <laughs> i can't what it's called it's called jack the ripper something but um, nonsense. Oh. I also had to zoom in on my computer to read it because really? it's so small. <laughs> I think it was quite an old website. Oh, they need to update it yeah. then. Need to be with the times. Yeah, it was just rubbish. But uh, no. we'd never know. No. But I did read, after I'd written this whole thing, this article about um, about the women of um, who, who were killed, the five suspects, which was quite interesting about their lives, mm. how they're often forgotten. Oh, yeah, I think By so. people like me who write just about... <laughs> who was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, instead of um, no. writing about them, because it was quite an interesting night. But then I felt bad, but I'd already written this whole thing. So... We can tweet it. Yeah, that's a good idea. If we can, if you can find it again. Yeah, I will be able to, because that's all... I think that was on the same All That's Interesting movie. About, cool. uh, about the women, their lives. They led quite interesting lives yes. as well. Oh. Before they were killed. Yeah. Gruesomely. These things happen. Yeah, but that's uh, that's the story of was who was Jack the Ripper. Who knows? Not us. I reckon it was Lewis Carroll. Do you, I don't think that's a good link to be. I didn't. I didn't Prince Albert definitely. Oh yeah, it was Prince Albert. <laughs> um. So, thanks for listening. We've uh, we've got some social medias as you mentioned. Yes. You can uh, find us, and we'll tweet some links out to do with uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and we'll do. The five or six victims. I'll tweet out that Telegraph article about um, James Maybrick as well. Oh, yeah. About yeah. the guy who found the diary, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was the most complicated for me. Yeah. But that's because the evidence was, like, recent. And you confused me with the ages. Oh, yes. Apologies. <laughs> um, so, oh, yeah, the Twitter's, Twitter is... Yes, it's at <laughs> Idiot History Pod. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook... Um, at Idiots Talk History, and you can send us an email if you want. It's at Idiots Talk History. Idiot, what is it? At Idiot History Pod at Gmail dot com. Sorry about that, everyone. My mind went. <laughs> there blank. was panic in Lana's eyes then. Yes, and as usual, you can find us on the podcast apps or iTunes, wherever, and leave us a nice review. Always helps. Yes, or tell please. a friend. 
Oh, as well. some stars. Yeah, and, and a subscribe. And a subscribe. So next week we'll have a new report. Yes. Um, Maybe from Lorna, maybe from me. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, Until then. Yes. We'll, we'll speak, speak to you next, to you next week. Bye. Bye. I am Jack Lutt. <laughs>